When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Hit it up hard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 325 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show here on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. Hopefully everyone is doing well. I'm going to hit on uh, a lot of more baseball, you know, normal topics, Padres topics. Yesterday, I only talked about the Mike Clevenger stuff and the Mike Clevenger investigation. Uh, I did want to start with that briefly here for those that missed that yesterday. Um, and then going to get into Otani uh, and what Dennis Lynn said in his mailbag uh, yesterday, I believe, about Otani and the Padres definitely being in on him and the likely, how likely that scenario is or isn't. Um, Dennis Lynn also talked about the Padres, how they'd like to start the season with a six-man rotation to ease starters into the season. So we can talk about that. Is that smart? Um, and then also, Padres are not shopping Hassan Kim, and then Dennis Lynn puts the Kim trade uh, possibility slim. Um, he said that the chances of Hassan Kim 
being on the opening day roster, he'd put it at around 75%. I'd probably put it uh, a little higher than that, to be honest. And we, so we'll get into that. Uh, and part of the reason why I would put it at higher than 75% is because of a move that happened yesterday in Major League Baseball. So a lot to get to today, but I did want to start with the Mike Clevenger stuff. Obviously, in the chat, if you have any comments, any questions, put them in there. I will eventually get to them uh, after I give my thoughts here. Um, so Clevenger, there, there's no like big update, at least I don't think, on the Mike Clevenger situation right now. He's being investigated by Major League Baseball for the domestic violence allegations, um, choking his significant other or the, the, the mother of one of his, chi one of his children, uh, choking, slapping, throwing tobacco at the kid. Um, I guess he threw a water bottle at a window during one of the altercations. He's taken, according to Olivia, uh, the woman who is accusing him of doing this stuff, he has taken, or did take, I don't know if he still has it, but he has taken uh, the driver's seat away. He, what else did he do? He, uh, the uh, birth certificate, I believe he took that away too. So just really trying to control the whole situation. Just a really, really bad situation. And the questions that, are probably coming from this from Padres fans or baseball fans. We all know this is so, so bad, right? It's a terrible situation. Um, we're asking because we know, like yesterday in the athletic report from, who was it? Um, it was Britt Giroli and Katie String. I believe those that was their names. And... In that report, it said that Olivia has been in contact with Major League Baseball's Department of Investigations since the summer. And so if that's the case, then did Major League Baseball not let the Padres know? Is that Major League Baseball's fault, or is that just what you're supposed to do? It's an investigation, so you're not supposed to comment on it because they're investigating if this stuff is true. And, you know, so the players, you know, has to have rights in this situation as well. So Major League Baseball, maybe they couldn't tell the Padres about this, even though they knew about it, obviously, while Clevenger was pitching for the Padres. Maybe Major League Baseball couldn't tell the Padres about this because they're investigating it, right? It, just like teams, they can't comment on the investigation except pretty much say that they're cooperating with it. Maybe Major League Baseball can't, they couldn't tell the White Sox this offseason about Clevenger before he signed that contract, the one-year deal. I think he's getting like $12 million. Couldn't tell the Padres last year. Because if they did, then the Padres would not have had Mike Clevenger pitching. I mean, let's be honest. Clevenger sucked, right? He sucked in the postseason. And so the, so the Padres, would they have been better off without Mike Clevenger? Yeah, I think they would have been. You know, if Clevenger was not pitching in the NLCS in game, what, four, whatever game that was, and someone could have gotten an out starting that game, they would have been better off, right? But they, the Padres, obviously, they did not know about this. They, or it, maybe if they, they heard stuff about this, well, it's not like they could say, well, we're not pitching you because an investigation is going on as well, and they don't know if everything that is being said is true. So it's a tough spot for the Padres if they even knew about it, and it's a tough spot for 
um, just everyone really involved. I mean, Olivia Feinstead, she's been on her Instagram and on her Instagram stories. I have a lot of the screenshots on my Talking Friars Twitter account, at Talking Friars, if you want to go look at that. And some of the stuff that she is saying um, and wondering, like, because Jake Cronenworth was right next to Mike Clevenger. She, Mike Clevenger was the hotel room uh, over from, from Cronenworth. So Cronenworth was right there. And so she's wondering if Cronenworth heard the noise from June, June 30th or July, whenever that series was against the Dodgers. She's wondering if Cronenworth heard about this uh, because Clevenger was yelling and um, throwing the water bottle at the window and you know slapping, slapping Olivia. Just totally just bad, bad stuff. Really, really disappointing. And I'm definitely glad he's not on the Padres, but... This, this isn't really about baseball, right? This is about a human being needing help, right? Needing to go to rehab or whatever help is available. He needs that. Like, it's clear. It's not just this one woman that is accusing him of this, right? There are plenty of women, as you can see on her Instagram and on the screenshots that I have on my Twitter. It, it's not just one. So really, really sucky stuff to be uh, reading yesterday and continuing to talk about today. but. I did want to hit on that. Let me see if there's any comments here. Um, David thinks his career is done. I mean, probably. This is this is like Bauer, right? No one wants to sign Bauer, so why would anyone want to sign Clevenger? And you can make the argument Bauer is probably a better pitcher than Mike Clevenger, right? So, uh, yeah. I don't really care if his career is over. I mean, he needs help, like personal help, right? So... That's that's where it stands right now. All right. So getting to the baseball stuff here uh, on this episode. Um, got Otani. Let's hit on Otani first. So Dennis Lynn in The Athletic yesterday, he put out a mailbag. Yesterday or the other day? Uh, it was this week. He put out a mailbag and... One of the questions was about Otani and the Padres being all in, according to Bob Nightingale. And Dennis Lynn answered that and said, quote, they're definitely, they'll definitely be in on Otani, end quote. Uh, Preller memorized Japanese and used it during the Padres meeting uh, with Otani. This was before he obviously signed with the Angels. Preller recited it, you know, during the meeting. Uh, Preller probably, and this is according to Lynn, Preller probably has never wanted a player more than he wanted and maybe still wants Shohei Otani. So the interest is definitely there. There's no doubt about it. Seems like Preller, his mind is set on getting Otani. He would love to get Otani. And it's kind of like Juan Soto. He always wanted Juan Soto. He put, I think, Yon Moncada a little above Juan Soto when he was scouting him like internationally. But he obviously has regretted that, and he's he he uh, he outed himself right at the Soto press conference when the trade happened. Like maybe if I wouldn't have told, uh, or maybe if some dumb evaluator, I think that's something like that. Maybe some dumb evaluator, if they wouldn't have told, I think it was Chris Kemp, still Chris Kemp now, uh, the international guy. If I wouldn't have told this guy about 
uh, or to go get Mankata and have Mankata be the number one guy instead of Juan Soto, then maybe we would have had Juan Soto and we wouldn't have had to give up our whole you know farm system for him. So my point here is when Preller wants someone, he'll eventually get them. Josh Hader, he's told the media before that he he knew that AJ Preller always wanted him, and AJ ended up getting him. That's just the way it works. Now, Otani is a little different here because do the Padres want to trade? Do they have enough to trade for one year of Otani? Are the Angels going to be willing to give up Otani? Or do they want to try to make a real effort at extending him or bringing him back? Right? So that's hard there because they already made the Soto deal. And do you want to spend on Otani and sacrifice Juan Soto? Because I think they're going to bring back Manny, and if they go sign Otani, then you're, you're pretty much saying goodbye to Soto, right? But another thing here, and something maybe the Padres would throw around, I mean, I would be interested in seeing if the Padres, you know, when this whole Otani thing, when he signs, and maybe there's reports or probably talks to the media, you know, two years down the line, did they ever think of this? This uh, certain you know, hypothetical. You bring Otani in, right? You bring back Manny. You sign Otani to a huge contract. You're saying, all right, Soto's not coming back. But you have him for 2024. Let's remember that. So if you want to have Soto, Otani, Manny, Tatis, Bogarts, and Cronoworth all on the same team, you can have that for one year if they go get Otani and they bring back Manny. Right, because you have Soto under contract. He's not a free agent until after the 2024 season. So if you do want to, you know, construct a dream team, because I don't think it's realistic to expect or think that the Padres are going to go get Manny, bring back Manny, go get Otani, and extend Soto, have all that money tied up to them, and then all the money tied up to Tatis and Bogarts and Musgrove. Right? I just don't see that. But there is a way that you could get Otani, Soto, and Manny on the same team, and that's for 2024, that one year. Now, I say that there is a way that that could happen, and that's the way that it could happen, but you also have to have Otani come to the Padres. It's not as easy as saying, well, let's just go give Otani $500 million, and all right, he's coming to the Padres. We saw it this offseason. It played out. The Padres, they were willing to offer Aaron Judge over $400 million, which is more than what the Yankees gave him. He wanted to be the Yank with the Yankees. We saw them offer Trey Turner, what, $340 million? He ends up going to the Phillies because he wanted to be on the East Coast. Him and his family wanted to be on the East Coast. He wanted to be on the Phillies. That's what it seemed like. And so he goes and signs for $40 million less with the Phillies. So he is a free agent after 2023 Otani. So these hypotheticals, it's great to, to talk about, but... The Padres still have to convince this guy to come to the Padres. Now, why would Otani not want to be on the Padres? Like, that's that's another question, right? Like, why would you not want to be a Padre? Soto, Manny, Tatis, all the talent, right? And then if Darvish comes back, you, you can hang with Darvish, right? Like, why would you not want to be with the Padres? You want to win, right? Otani has said in the past that he wants to win. Padres seem like a great place to do that. Great place, right? But we don't know... If Otani is just comfortable with the Angels and he 
trust the Angels' ownership. I don't know how you would, but maybe he trusts them. He trusts Perry Manasian, their GM, and says, yeah, I'm going to write it out. I'm going to be like Mike Trout, and I'm going to be an Angel. Or maybe he wants to go to the Dodgers, and he's like, I get to stay in my home here in the during the season because it's in the same general area, and I get to go be on a winner, a World Series contender every year in the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, we know that they're gearing up to go offer Otani all this big money, you know? Maybe he wants to be in New York on the Mets and he can maximize his his sponsorship money, revenue that comes in. Uh, We don't know what he wants. Maybe he wants to be with Seattle, you know, because of Ichiro and all that. Like, we don't know what he wants. I mean, we know that he wants to be on a winner and the Padres fit that, but does he want to be on the Padres? Is there a team that he wants to be on that he's willing to take a lot less money for that we just don't know? You know, so it could happen. Otani, Soto, Manny, all on the same team could happen for one year, 2024. If the Padres bring back Manny, which I, I, I'm expecting them to do, they sign Otani to a huge deal. Otani wants to be on the Padres. And they say, Soto, we traded for you. Because we're getting, we got you for three pennant races, and that's all we're getting you for. Go get your six hundred million dollars or whatever it's going to be in free agency. You know, I don't know if it's going to be six hundred, but if Otani gets five hundred, Soto's going to be asking for more than that, right? So, personally, what would I do? I would bring back Manny. I would extend Soto. You gave up all that for Juan Soto. I don't know how long Otani's going to pitch and hit. So, if he picks one of the one or the other, then. Halfway through the contract, the last five years of the contract, maybe, last six or seven years of the contract, maybe he's only a DH and you're paying this guy 40 plus million dollars to be a DH. Or maybe he's only a pitcher and you're paying this guy 40 plus million dollars to be only a pitcher and pitch once every six days if he still wants to be on a six man rotation. You know, so I I know what I'm going to get out of Soto and Manny, right? Guys that play every day, going to be in the lineup every day, can play the field. Soto, I hope that he's continuing to improve defensively and we know what Manny can be defensively and doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon loves being on the Padres it seems like Soto loves being on the Padres so I I I would like to keep this group intact uh but according to Dennis Lynn the Padres they'll definitely be in on Shohei Otani AJ really wants this guy uh I would think that he can he's going to continue to want this guy maybe it won't work out financially, but he's he's still gonna want this guy, right? There's there's things in life probably that we want, right? Uh, I want to own the Padres, but do I have the money to do that? No, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to do it, right? So there's certain things in life that we want that maybe we don't have the money for, but Preller wants Otani, so I yeah, he's definitely I definitely agree with Lynn, and Lynn is more dialed in than just regular fans, right? So yeah, uh, I definitely agree with Lynn. Otani, the Padres are going to be in on him. Preller is going to be meeting. I, I would I would be surprised if Preller does not meet with Otani at least and say maybe they do offer him more than any other team. Uh, you can't put that past the Padres because they did it with Judge. I wasn't expecting that. They did it with Trey Turner. I wasn't expecting $340 million being offered to him. Uh, and they gave 280 to Bogarts, which was way more than any other team was willing to give him. That's what it's that's what 
I've been reading, according to reports and Red, the Red Sox, were nowhere close to that. Padres outbit them by 120 mil. I know that was a low ball by the Red Sox, but still, even if you raise that price to 200, that's still an overpay, according to Red Sox fans. And the Padres gave $80 million more than 200, which was already going to be an overpay, according to the Boston fans, who know Bogart's the best and see him play every day. So the Padres, my point is, don't rule out the Padres in anything, and I'm not going to do that with Otani. I don't think that they will get Shohei Otani, but I could talk about Shohei every day because he's Shohei Otani. He is this, you know, once in a lifetime talent, right? You know, this guy is, is he the most talented player that we've ever seen? Probably, I would think, because I didn't see Babe Ruth, right? And Otani, I would think he's going to pitch and hit consistently longer than you know Babe Ruth was pitching at the beginning of his career. So, and you know the the velocity that he's facing nowadays at the plate, and the great hitters that he has to face on the mound nowadays, right? You're not facing plumbers. Uh, so yeah, um, I'll talk about Otani and the Padres' potential interest all the time. That's not going to get an old. That's not going to be old to me. I don't think that's going to turn into a stale old topic for me. Maybe it will. Maybe it will for you guys. And I'll stop talking about it. But right now, in the off season, and you know, Dennis Lynn comes out with this, confirms the Bob Nightingale thing. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, it's interesting. Well, so just in summary here, will the Padres be all in on Shohei Otani? I don't think so, because I think they're going to be all in on bringing you back Manny. And that's going to make the Dodgers be all in on Otani. That's going to make the Mets be all in on Otani. And the Padres won't feel the need to bring in Otani because they can try extending Soto or bringing back Soto. And for 2024, if they bring back Manny, okay, you're guaranteeing that you're bringing back this core of Tatis, Xander, Manny, and Soto. And then Cronenworth, right? You have those five right there for 2024 still. And maybe it's better for the Padres to extend Darvish you have Musgrove there. Maybe you have Martinez or Lugo. We don't know about that yet. And then you spend Otani money, you know, $30 million, $40 million, $45 million on multiple starting pitchers to build the rotation and to make your team more of a complete team instead of signing one guy. Right? So I don't think they'll be all in on Otani. I think they're going to be in, but all in to the degree of the Mets and the Dodgers, I don't think so. Um, so we already talked about the scenario, you know, Otani, Soto, Manny, that would be 2024, I think. I don't see the Padres extending Soto, bringing back Soto. I don't see them signing Otani and bringing back Manny. All three of them, that's a ton of money investing into three players and then adding Musgrove to that, Tatis to that, Bogarts to that. You're going to have to pay Cronenworth if you want Cronenworth to stick around. I mean, that is a lot, right? So I don't see that happening. 2024, Manny, Soto, Otani. That could happen, but that means that you're saying, Soto, you're not going to be on the Padres long term. But this is, we have a great chance of winning the World Series in 2024 because we have Otani, Manny, Soto, Bogarts, Tatis, Cronoworth, Musgrove, Suarez. You know, like maybe maybe Soto's like, yeah, don't trade me. Take that chance. I'll take that chance and. I'm fine going elsewhere because we have an amazing opportunity to win in 2024. You know, 
who knows what happens. I, I don't see that scenario happening, but that's something that can be kicked around uh, as a, a crazy hypothetical, a fun hypothetical. All right. There are some other Padres topics, obviously, to discuss. Um, I will get to the chat, as I always do. Don't worry. If you want to support the channel, make sure I get to that comment or question. You can use that Super Chat button, a great way to support the channel. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so Dennis Lynn also said in his mailbag that the Padres, they would like to use a six-man rotation to ease the Padres starting pitchers into the season, kind of like they did last year. And Bob Melvin was on Gwen and Chris, I believe, yesterday on 97.3 The Fan, and he was talking about how Pretty much he'd like to use a six-man, but he only would want to use it if there's the depth, right? If they're using a six-man, that means that they have a lot of depth there. Is it the smartest to use a six-man rotation? I don't think that it's the smartest to use a six-man rotation long-term, like through the All-Star break. But we're going to have to see how spring training plays out. That would be my answer to is it smart. I think short-term, it can be smart because you're going to have Darvish coming off the WBC, I think you have to take that into account. Seth Lugo, at least right now, he is committed to Puerto Rico for the WBC. So you're going to have two starters in that rotation coming off of pitching high-intense innings in the WBC. So maybe you want to ease them more into this season because of that. And you want to keep Musgrove healthy. You want to keep Snell healthy because... We think this Padres team is a postseason team, but they're going to have no chance of winning the World Series if Musgrove isn't healthy, if Snell isn't healthy, if Darvish isn't healthy, right? We saw last year they had those three guys pitching pretty dang well in the postseason, and they still didn't, we, they didn't reach the World Series because they're four-starter. They didn't have one, right? You had Manaya, Lazy Manaya, and you had... Awful human being pleasure, um, at least based on the accusations. You had them pitching for you. You had Clevenger not being able to get an out. He sucked. Manaya admitting that he was lazy at parts during the season and couldn't get through two innings there. Martinez pitched his butt off, three scoreless innings after Clevenger couldn't get an out. But they, they did not have that starting pitching depth, that great starting pitching depth. So keeping those guys healthy... You need that. You absolutely need that. So I'm for it short-term to start the season. If you have Adrian Morhone be the sixth starter or you have Jay Groom be the sixth starter and you can have Honeywell uh, piggyback or you have Morhone piggyback Groom or Groom piggyback Morhone or Morhone piggyback Martinez or Lugo or Snell uh, because we know Snell has slow starts to seasons. I'd be open to that if, starting if, if spring training with the starting pitching goes well. And what I mean by that, if, if Jay Groom pitches well in spring training and we, we can see that he can deliver innings consistently, if Adrian Morahone can be healthy and he looks really good in spring training, I'd be open to that. Uh, Julio Tejeron is a depth option. He'll probably just be in El Paso, I would think, to start the year. Uh, Wilmer Font they brought in, right? I already mentioned Honeywell. 
Like those are, I guess, options, and we'll see how that works out. I'd be open to it health-wise because I'm looking at it from Bob, Bob Melvin's perspective, from other starting pitchers' perspective. Like I want to be, if I was a starting pitcher, I'd say, hey, you know what? I'll do. I like pitching every five days. Like that's what I do the most for the most part during the regular season. But if this means I'm going to be healthy, or this means my chances of being healthy for October increase, then I'm all for it. And the guys that are in the rotation, they are team players. I mean, Nick Martinez just bowed out of the USA team for the World Baseball Classic because he wanted to be built up as a starting pitcher because he knew the Padres were more important than the. Team USA, World Baseball Classic, him pitching as a reliever, right? That would have screwed with his preparation. Seth Lugo, I think he's starting for Puerto Rico. Don't don't hold me to that, but I think he is. So that shouldn't be that big of a deal. And Darvish, he's going to be starting for Japan, so that shouldn't be that big of a deal either. Um, but, you know, Musgrove's going to be obviously at spring training. He's training underwater and lifting dumbbells and stuff underwater, so... He's going to be in good shape. They're already throwing at Peco Park. I don't know if you guys have seen some of that. Uh, so I think guys are going to be ready. I hope Blake Snell's going to pitch better in the first half than he usually does. But even if he doesn't, this team was still a postseason team last year with him struggling a little bit there in the first half and not getting his feet under and under him like to the fullest until the second half of the season. And this team's getting better. You know, you could say, well, Ben. Last year, they barely made the postseason. The day they made the postseason was because another team lost, right? It was, the Brewers lost to Miami um, in extra innings there in Milwaukee, and it was the middle of the game, and we were like, oh, we made the postseason, but we're going to lose to the White Sox here. I understand that, but this team's better. This team didn't have Tatis this past season. They didn't have Xander Bogarts at shortstop, right? So... They didn't have Josh Hader pitching well the entire year. They had Josh Hader struggling when he got here. He didn't start pitching well until, what, that Giants outing where people were, were like, why is Josh Hader in this game? What, are, what is Bob Melvin doing? And he ends up getting the save in San Francisco. And then he, he pretty much was back to the old Josh Hader from there on. And that was great, right? Robert Suarez, he was not that Robert Suarez the whole year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I think this team is better. We didn't have Nelson Cruz last year. Didn't have Matt Carpenter last year. Will those guys stay healthy? Don't know. Those are question marks. But I like this team better than last year's team, at least right now. Uh, so we'll see. So in short, I know that was a long answer, but in short, six-man rotation. If things work out in spring training and the Padres are comfortable going to that, I'm, I'm, I'm for it for the short term. Long term, it needs to be five-man. Um, there's already question marks about Lugo and Martinez being able to pitch the entire season as a starter. Martinez, I think he can do it. He's done it overseas. He used to be a starting pitcher. Lugo, I have my doubts there. I don't think he's going to be starting the entire year in the rotation, but as I've said previously, not a big deal because I, I assume Preller's going to go get another starting pitcher at least before the trade deadline. So that'll be fine. You can replace Lugo there. And Lugo can go help the bullpen. We know that he can be an impact reliever, right? He did it with the Mets. He's done it many years with the Mets. The last time he started consistently, well, if you want to say it was consistently, was 2017. That's a long time ago. 
right? So I'm not banking on him being a starter consistently. But if it means he can be a starter for longer this season because maybe he gets more rest in between starts for the six-man, then all right, then I'm for it. But people that are against it, like using it at all, they their argument would probably be, well, Lugo Martinez, those are question marks. And then, so you're just going to throw another question mark in there as the sixth man in the rotation. Jay Groom, that's a question mark. Hasn't pitched in the big leagues before. Adrian Morahone, can he stay healthy? Can he give you six innings consistently? Probably not. Uh, Brett Honeywell, he's had a lot of injuries, obviously. Can he give you consistent innings? Don't know. We'll see. Uh, Wilmer Font, are you comfortable with him going out there in major league games, being a consistent starter? For the first two months or the first month of the season, you know, there's, there's, you're adding another question mark in there if you do go to a six man rotation, right? So that was another thing that Dennis Lynn talked about there uh, in the athletic. Those are my thoughts on that. Another thing that he talked about was the chances, the chances of Hassan Kim being traded. I personally believe that those chances have gone down. The Red Sox, they just traded for Adalberto Mondesi from the Kansas City Royals. Hopefully I didn't botch that name. I probably just did. Apologies to him. Uh, but they just traded for him. And I know that he does not stay healthy all the time, but he has upside. It seems like the Red Sox really like him. They have Adam Duvall that they just signed to go play center field. And he'll be the primary center fielder, it seems like. And they have Kike Hernandez who can play shortstop or second base. Mondesi can play second base if he's not playing shortstop. They have Christian Arroyo who can play second base. Maybe they go bring in Elvis Andrus or Jose Iglesias to be another option. Maybe stash them in AAA. Or you stash someone else in AAA and you have them on the roster. So I think him going to the Red Sox, I don't see that happening. Uh, my thoughts on bringing in Tanner Houck for Austin Kim, I thought that's not enough. Tanner Houck would be a question mark. Like, is he someone that I would trust giving the ball to NLCS Game 4 right now? The answer is no. Maybe that answer would change if I saw him in a Padre uniform and he pitched consistently throughout the season. But the answer to that is no. Is there a reason? Well, yes. The, the answer is yes. There is a reason why he's not in the Red Sox rotation. And they're putting guys that have injury question marks in the rotation, at least projected, ahead of him. And Red Sox fans don't even know if he's going to be on the roster. He's not one of the Red Sox best relievers, and he's not one of the Red Sox best starters. So that's a guy I want to give up a five-war player for? No. So Dennis Lynn, in the athletic, he put the chances of Kim being on the opening day roster at 75%. I'd probably put it higher than that. I'd, I'd be shocked, to be honest, if Austin Kim was traded right now. I just don't see a bunch of great, starting pitching trade candidates right now uh, for the Padres to go trade and me be like, all oh, right, that is worth it. You know, you can point to Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and maybe some Marlins guys, but are the Brewers going to just punt on the season by before opening day and trade Brandon Woodruff or trade Corbin Burns? I don't expect them to do that. And the Padres would have to blow away the Brewers for that to happen. I don't see that happening. You look at the Marlins. Okay, Edward Cabrera, would you give Kim up for him? I don't know. He has injury question marks as well. Case Luzardo, I like him. Uh, but what do the Marlins want to do? I mean, 
They traded away Lopez. It seemed like that was going to happen. He didn't go to the Padres, went to the Twins. Do they just want to ride with that current crop of Miami Marlins pitchers and see what the season brings them? And maybe they could raise stock of Trevor Rogers again after a down year and then trade him. My point is right now, I just don't see why it's worth it to trade Ha Sung Kim before the season, before spring training. Like, don't try to out happy happy. I said that the other day. I'm happy with this roster. I'm happy with this current group of pitchers. And let's see what they got. Let's see what they got in spring training. Let's see what they got to begin the season. I think Hassan Kim is only going to improve. He had better numbers like all around last year offensively compared to his first year in the big leagues in 2021. So I think he's going to continue to improve. He's going to be an asset defensively for the Padres. Yeah, it's not at short, but he's still going to cover a lot of ground at second base. And you have Bogarts with him there too. So that's, that, that's good as well. So I like Hassan Kim being on the Padres for 2023 at least to start the year. I don't see a point in trading him right now. And I think because of that Mondesi move going to the Red Sox, I think there's a smaller chance of ha Kim being dealt. I mean, that was the only team I saw ha Kim like being linked to, right? It was the Red Sox. Red Sox writers were projecting ha Kim to be the starting shortstop for them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 slow it down a little bit there. Relax. Okay, I get you think a trade's going to happen, but for Tanner Houck, that's it. I don't think you realize how valuable Hassan Kim is to this team. And I guess that's kind of my message to some Padres fans that might be willing to just trade Kim off for Tanner Houck. Like, yeah, you can see the upside, but do you see the upside of Hassan Kim as well, who's an everyday player, starting second baseman? You know, so, and there's effects if you do trade Kim with positions and all that. Um, I didn't, so I, I didn't hear other teams being involved in Hassan Kim. Like, what other teams? There are probably other teams interested in Hassan Kim, but have we heard that publicly? I haven't heard that. So, I don't see Hassan Kim being dealt. Maybe that'll change. Maybe Grisham gets dealt, but I think the Padres are happy with the team that they have right now. I don't see them making a big trade involving Grisham or Kim right now. And with Grisham, I mean, I've already said this as well, like the outfield depth is not great, right? Who's the starting left fielder? Fangraph says it's Matt Carpenter, but do the Padres want Matt Carpenter playing left field every day till Tatis comes back? Or are they going to have Adam Engel play left field? Are they more comfortable with that? Or are they going to have Soto play left and Adam Engel play right? You know, do you like Adam Engel as your starting outfielder what if Tatis doesn't stay healthy or if someone else in the outfield gets hurt you have Adam Engel as your starting outfielder he's another he's he's another Jose Azokar it seems like maybe a little bit better you know more power potential but he seems like another Azokar I'd like them to go get someone like Jerks and Trofar but that's not in their salary range I mean let's be that's not in they're not interested they're not interested in giving Jerks and Trofar the amount of money that he wants right but let's let's be honest so uh I think they're they're pretty set on what the roster is right now. I'm fine with the roster. Yeah, would I like to have some other moves? Yeah, but like I said the other day, I don't think that they need to make moves. They don't need to be forcing trades to fill a spot because that could go bite them in the butt, you know, in spring training if there's an injury or when the season starts. You don't know what's going to happen. Baseball is a long, long season. All right, I think that's all the topics I wanted to hit on here. 
before I get to the chat. Thank you, everyone, for being here again. Talking Friars, episode 325. Um, already hit on a lot. Clevenger, obviously. Otani. Six-man rotation. Hassan Kim. Little Grisham there. Just checking Twitter here real quick. Just seeing if there's anything, any news. I don't see anything. All right. Let's get to the chat here. Good morning, JW. Pedro says, everyone saw the Clevenger stuff a mile away. He's closely tied to the Bauer stuff. I mean, yeah, I think he had a shirt on the Bauer website or whatever. Um, I mean... I don't think everyone saw the Clevenger stuff a mile away. There, there are people that, I guess, interacted with Clevenger that said that he's kind of, he's like, he's rude, um, something to that effect. He's, he's not, he, he wasn't like the best person when they ran into him, like outside Petco. But I'm not going to speak on that. I never ran into him in person outside Petco. When he was at Petco Park, he was great. He was great to my little sister. He was great to the other fans. He took time, it seemed like, to sign autographs and stuff. But you know how there's the saying of don't judge a book by its cover, and that's usually meant like the wrong way. Like the cover might not look great, but there's a great person there on the inside. Well, you could also flip that and say, well, the cover looks great, but the book isn't that good. And if these allegations are true, that's what it seems like this is. And again, like I said earlier, it's not just one person trying to get money. Uh, it's there's there's a lot of it seems like a lot of women that are that have been involved uh, with Clevenger like this. Um, Kid Farrell says, bro, who cares about Mike? Or no, he says, bro, cares about Mike. OK, well, if anyone's saying who cares about Mike, well, He's a former Padre. It's not like this guy's a card. He was a Cardinal and this came up. I would talk about that on Baseball Struck, my MLB YouTube channel, which I encourage you, if you're listening to the podcast or on YouTube here, I encourage you to go subscribe to that. Uh, Baseball Struck, just look it up. Or Baseball Struck MLB, maybe if maybe that'll work better. Uh, or just go to the Talking Friars YouTube channel and you'll see if you go on, my, on the main page for it. You scroll down, I believe the Baseball Struck channel will be there for you to subscribe to that. It's daily baseball content, so if you're just a baseball fan in general, uh, not only the Padres. I do talk about the Padres a little bit there, but obviously most of that is here. Um, other content, other moves that happen around baseball, I give my thoughts there. Um, there's some MLB quizzes that I take that are on there. Uh, reaction to the MLB Network position rankings, I did that. So just a general MLB channel. Check that out if you're a baseball fan i definitely appreciate that support i just started that last month and you know you know me i just like i love chatting with padres fans and interacting with you guys i love talking with other baseball fans as well all right let's get back to the chat here Mike says, Preller memorized Japanese to no avail. Possible he was looking for more than that. What do you mean? He was looking for more than Otani? David says, yeah, then we would look like the Angels. 
we would be like the Angels. Top talent and weak pitching, it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, so this is what, so David's saying if they go get Otani, they're spending a ton of money on not a ton of players, let's be honest, and you'd have a top-heavy rotation because are you bringing back Snell if you're bringing Otani? No. Are you fine with that? Yeah, okay. But Seth Lugo could leave. Nick Martinez could leave. What if the depth that they brought in this year doesn't work? What if Morahone continues to have some injury issues? Maybe there's a problem there. Uh, and so you're going to be looking at free agency to bring in starting pitchers. The farm system doesn't seem as strong. It's top-heavy. Uh, so trades might not be appealing to other teams that have starting pitchers. Or you just don't want to give up those prospects. So, yeah, you could look at a top-heavy rotation. But you could make the argument that the Padres now have a top-heavy rotation, right? The top three, Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, and then you have some question marks there with Martinez and Lugo. I think Lugo's more of a question mark than uh, Martinez. I just believe in Nick Martinez more as a starter. Maybe that's just because I've, I saw him all of last season and his work ethic, but that's just one man's opinion, obviously. Um so, yeah, but I, I get your point, David. Yeah, it, it could be top talent, weak pitching. Um, you know, also, it's not just about the pitching. They bring in Otani or even if they extend Soto and they bring back Manny, and that's a ton of money in two players, right? I know it's two great players, and it's worth it, I think. But you look at other parts of the roster here, right? If, if an injury happens, you have Adam Engel as an out, a starting outfielder. You have Jose Azokar on your bench and Brandon Dixon and Eggy Rosario and just not as strong as probably some other benches are. But that's what happens when, you, when you're paying for top talent, a bunch of star players. You're not going to have the best rounded out, the most complete roster, if that makes sense. I think the Padres roster is pretty damn complete. Starting pitching, uh, they have talent there. They have a strong bullpen, I think. They have a strong lineup. But the bench, okay, you could say it's it's not that strong. But, I mean, I guess you just have to hope that these guys stay healthy, right? But that's that's with a lot of teams. That's with a lot of teams. Uh, Mike says, Preller is like a little kid who just got his allowance and doesn't know what to buy first and keeps changing his mind. Uh, I disagree. I, I think Preller is a little kid I think he's a smart little kid, if that makes sense. He has, he just got his allowance, like Peter Sider's allowing, allowing him to spend a bunch of money. But he's a, he's a smart kid because he doesn't just go, go to Target and spend the gift card that he just got or the, the money that he just got on the latest thing or the, the, you know, the thing that he's wanted for a week, and then he doesn't use it. You know, my brother has done that in the past, right? Where they, they get this money, I got to go spend it today. Can we go to the store today and go get this, right? Preller, there have been times where, you know, there's the big free agent, and he's like, yeah, I really want this guy. And he gets it, doesn't work out. Or he makes the trade, and it doesn't work out. But he makes a ton of moves. Like, that happens with every general manager. But... We know that A.J. Preller, I say he's a smart little kid because look at the track record, look at the reporting that we've read. This guy, when he goes to the winter meetings, he is 
looking at every possible topic, every possible scenario, he is going through it. This isn't a guy that's like, all right, I want Aaron Judge. He is the only option. I'm going to go get him. No. We saw once he couldn't get Judge, or once he, let's start, with, actually start with Turner. Once he couldn't go get Trey Turner, he pivoted to the next plan that he had, which was Judge. Once he couldn't get Judge, he pivoted to the next plan, which was Bogarts. And if they didn't get Bogarts, he would have pivoted to the next plan, which would have been who? Would they? Have, maybe they would have had interest in Carlos Correa. Who knows? Obviously, we know what happened there. Um, but he always has plans. So I do get your point, Mike, about Preller just got his allowance, doesn't know what to buy first, and keeps changing his mind. I think he's a well-thought-out person. Uh, I think he knows what he's I think he knows what he's doing more often than not. Like, he's willing to take risks. You do have to take risks, you know, in this business. You got to take risks. Yeah, Annabella asks, who would we trade for Otani? Um, I don't think that, I don't think that they would trade for Otani. I think that it would be in free agency where the Padres would... I don't think this is going to happen, by the way, but I think it would be where the Padres go, you know what? Let's just go for it. 2024, go get Otani. We have Soto, Manny, Otani on the same team with Tatis and Bogarts and Crony and just go for it and say, Soto, let's hope we win a World Series in 2024. And if we don't, well, we have Otani for his prime years, right? Not not the end of the world, right? Otani is a great talent, right? Probably the most talented guy we've ever seen. Um, I don't think they trade for Otani, but if they were to trade for Otani, then they'd have to give up probably Jackson Merrill, uh, maybe and Dylan Lesko, because the Angels they really want pitching. I think they want to draft one of these past couple years, where every draft pick was a pitcher. Like that's how much they want pitching. Because it hasn't worked out, right? They bring in these offensive players, and then the pitching kind of underwhelms, right? Um, so probably Merrill and Lesko, or uh, Camposano, Merrill, and some other prospects. Uh, probably Jim Callis, some other people that study the farm system better than I do or better than us. They'd know what they'd have to give up. It would have to be a lot, because there would be other teams that would trade for Otani Maybe not, I mean, part of it would be to try to go win the World Series in 2023, but also because they get exclusive negotiating rights with Otani. Like, no other team can talk to Otani about a contract for this 20, during the 2023 season. If you trade for him, you can. Maybe he's not open to that, but it, maybe some teams would be like, well, it's worth it to try it, and we would get a lot of revenue from this season with Otani. So, a lot of teams would be interested in Shohei. It, yeah, um, I think the Padres would not be the favorite. Maybe one of them, but they probably wouldn't be the favorite to go get Otani. It seems like the Dodgers always have a farm system loaded with talent that like everyone wants. So, they'd probably be one of the favorites. Um, yeah, it would be tough. I don't see them trading for Otani though. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus mill says they're not going to turn tatis into an outfielder well yeah they are where are they going to put him they're putting him in right field for 2023 that's what it seems like uh one of the corners because you got Manny at third, you got Bogarts at short, Kim at second, Cronenworth at first. Even if they trade Kim, so you're going to move Bogarts, at, you're going to put him at second in his first year on the contract, or are you going to put Tatis at second base, or are you going to put Tatis at first base and put Cronenworth back at second? Tatis is not going to first base. I think it was Dennis Lynn who reported this, or maybe it was Kevin Acey. Someone reported this earlier this offseason that first base is not happening. Like, that's off the table. It would limit his value to the team defensively, his athleticism, all that. Like, it's not going to happen. So, no, I disagree, Mills. Tatis is going to the outfield. I think he knows that. That's, That's not a secret. I think he was going to the outfield probably before they got Bogarts. Like, maybe there was a possibility that he'd be at short when he returned, and Kim would go to second, and Crony would play first, but we remember earlier this offseason, they were interested in Jose Abreu, right? They didn't get him, but they were probably interested kicking the tires on Brandon Drury and other first basemen before they landed Bogarts. Now, if they got Judge, then Tatis probably would have been on the infield and they would have went with Crony at first, but they didn't. Tatis, Tatis is going to be in the outfield, I think. Uh, MCC951 says, don't think that Otani gets the free agency, either extended by the Angels or traded by the deadline. I don't see him being extended by the Angels. He's this close to free agency. He knows he could get $500 million from some team. Some team's going to be desperate to give him that money. You know? So you're that close. I don't see him getting it. I don't see him signing an extension. Just bring in every other team possible and have the Angels, if, if that's the offer, have them stick to that extension offer and keep it out there in free agency. And if not, then you can get to go to a contender, right? Uh, and about the trading thing, traded by the deadline, it could happen. If if the Angels approach him about an extension and Otani's like, no, I don't want this, and it seems like to them like he doesn't want to go back to the Angels even in free agency, then maybe it happens. Then maybe they're like, yeah, you know what? It's best to trade Otani. We can get a good amount back for him, even if it's just a half a season for him, one pennant race. But it's Shohei Otani, so you'd get a good amount back for him. Maybe the Angels do that. 
But right now, I, I, I don't see Artie Moreno doing that. I, I think that he's going to try to bring him back. And he'll try to write it out. That's what it seems like. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if Artie Moreno wants to be an owner that is known as, yeah, I, 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 I did not make a single postseason with Otani, and I traded him. I don't know if he wants that. It would probably be the smartest for the franchise because I think the Angels is not the best place to be <laughs> if you want to be a, a contender every year. Um, so I, I don't think Otani will go back to the Angels, but maybe he really, really likes it with the Angels, and he believes, like I said earlier, maybe he believes in what the Angels are building. Yeah, good point by Mike here. Says the Padres would not be Shohei's only opportunity to win. Yeah. The Dodgers, obviously. Uh, who knows what the Angels will do this year if they overperform and their rotation is better because they bring in Tyler Anderson. It wasn't just a, a one-year fluke. Like it, you know, like kind of feels like it might have been with the Dodgers. And they feel like it always feels like they fix someone for that year and then they go somewhere else. Um, I'm not saying Tyler Anderson's going to suck, but I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year that, you know, with the, the Dodgers, uh, the Mets, he'd have a chance to win the Braves. I mean, they're not signing Otani, but that's a contender. The Cubs will probably be a contender in a few years. The Giants, they have a bunch of money, right? Maybe he wants to go there. Seattle. I don't know how much money they have, but maybe he wants to go there. They're definitely a contender. They're a contender this year. Uh, the Yankees, I saw that in the chat. I thought last time around he didn't want to be with the Yankees, but, I mean, thoughts can change, right? You can have an opinion seven years ago, five years ago, four years ago, whenever. You can have an opinion years ago, and it will change, right? Like, that can happen. We're humans, so maybe his thoughts have changed, and he's like, well... The Yankees, they have a solid core there. You know, Rodon and Judge and Cole. Rizzo's there. Um, they're going to have prospects coming up with, you know, Peraza's there, Oswald Cabrera, Volpe. I'll go to New York with the Yankees. Yeah, I'm going to have a huge spotlight on me, but I'm going to be in the postseason every year. So, yeah, there, there's there's other opportunities for him to win, no doubt about that. Uh, JG says money, uh, dollar, 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 dollar signs, uh, Yankees or Mets. So he's saying the Yankees or Mets, they have the money, but my heart says he goes to the Padres. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to have him on the Padres. I'd love to have Soto, Manny, Otani, Tatis, Bogarts, Crony on the Padres for the rest of their careers, right? Like that's a, that's a great core of players, but that's not the way it works, right? It is a business and if the Padres want to build out a a good all-around roster, then I don't know if it's in their best interest to spend a, that much money, over a billion dollars, on you know five or six players, which is what it would be if they brought Soto and if they have they brought back Soto and they bring in Otani and they bring back Manny with Tatis and Bogarts. And Musgrove 
a ton of money. Um, MM13 says, if they're going to trade Kim, it's going to be for starting pitching from the Marlins like Trevor Rogers or Edward Cabrera. Yeah, but again, is Edward Cabrera and, or Trevor Rogers, are, are they difference, like big difference makers? I think you could make the argument that like Edward Cabrera has the upside, but he has dealt with injuries, so that's a risk. Is AJ willing to take that risk and give up his starting second baseman? and give up a five-word player and a guy that I would think is only going to continue to improve? Like, why would he stop here? Right? Like, uh, is he willing to do that? Like, those those guys, I think if you want to give up Kim, you want some sort of a guarantee to what this guy's going to give you. And Edward Cabrera, there's upside, but is that a guarantee? No. You could say no one's a guarantee. Like, even the healthiest guys could get hurt. You know, some weird injury i understand that but I'm, I'm talking about like okay does this guy have a track record of making starts consistently right do those guys have that trevor rogers he's young cabrera's young as well uh trevor rogers do you want to trade for him you want to trade a five plus war player for a guy that had a down year last year he had a good i think it was 2021 had a really good year but you want to take that risk I personally would not do that. Just straight up, Kim for Rodgers or Cabrera, I probably wouldn't do that right now. I would just see how it plays out, at least to start the season. Pedro says, I'd go for Alcantara for Kim and Prospects. Uh, but the Marlins, here's the thing. It, it takes two sides to tango. The Marlins are not going to be making Alcantara available in a trade. There's no way. Like, Miami just gave him a key to the city. Um, he just won the Cy Young. It would be stupid of them to trade Alcantara. Like, they're trying to build something there. They just hired Skip Schumacher. If you trade Alcantara, then what are you doing, right? You just traded for a rise to improve your lineup. Alcantara, he's probably the one guy that's, like, off limits for them. Uh, Devin says Dodgers were mentioned to be in on Kim too. Yeah, but really, you think the Padres are going to trade Hassan Kim to the Dodgers? I don't see that happening. What would the Dodgers give the Padres? They'd go give them Walker Bueller or Tony Gonsolin. They'd go give them, uh, who else? Who's, who's a guy that's under control? So not Urias. Or, like the Padres would want someone that's under control. They're giving up multiple years of Kim. Like they're going to go give them Dustin May? Like, no. Inner division? I don't see that happening. Uh, Devin, with a question here, does the Motorola patch on the jersey bother you, Ben? Personally, for me, it does. No, I don't care. Um, it's on... Where is it on the jersey? Where is it on the jersey? It's on the right sleeve, I think. Not uh, that's not a big deal. I look at it as okay. The Padres they're bringing in more revenue, and guess what? They're spending that money. They're spending that money, investing that money back into the team. So now I don't want this to turn into soccer where I can't if I'm if I'm just you know turning on. What was I watching this weekend? I was watching like 
the Premier League, I think. And I turned on the game, and yeah, you can see the teams on the score bug on you know in the corner of the television screen. But I look at the jerseys, and it's a sponsor right on the chest. Like I, I if you're you're not a soccer fan, you don't know who that team is until you look at you know the top of the screen or maybe the, 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 there's a small patch uh, on the jersey of what the team is, but the sponsor is like where Padres is on the jersey. I don't want it to turn into that, but I'm fine with having Motorola as the sponsor on the sleeve. They're bringing in more money. It is a business. Like I know Seidler, he's a fan, but it is a business as well, and so they're just bring, that's another way to bring in some more money. And I think Motorola, there's another, is it on the mound? I think that's on this. I think Saquon might be on the mound, but it's somewhere else. Is in the. It might be on the, in the bullpen. The Motorola. It's somewhere else in the stadium. It's not just on the patch. But yeah, it's. It doesn't bother me. I look at M for Manny, Manny Musgrove. That's what I look at it as. Uh, Alex asks, what do you think about Matt Barnes from the Red Sox if he clears waivers? I think I think another team's going to be interested in him. Um, I, I like where the Padres' bullpen is at, but it was surprising to me that Matt Barnes did get DFA'd yesterday. I will say that. That, that was surprising. Definitely when, like, Ryan Brazier, was, Ryan Brazier, however you say his name, he was someone that could have been off the roster. For Matt Barnes. Like Matt Barnes, I thought he was going to play a pretty good role. Like he was the closer for the Red Sox, I think, these last couple of years. Now the Red Sox last year weren't great, last place in the AL East, but I thought he could still, you know, provide an impact for the, the Red Sox. He was an all star in 2021. That's not that long of a time ago. They did bring in Jansen and Chris Martin, but yeah, that's weird. Uh, Bloom says it was a tough conversation with Matt Barnes, obviously. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Padres, they'll probably show interest, but there's going to be other teams that are interested as well, and maybe it'll come down to money or a team will have to end up trading for Matt Barnes. I don't know if the Padres want to trade for Matt Barnes. I think they like where the bullpen is at. Um... Dever, or De, not Dever, sorry. I have the Red Sox on my mind there. Devin says, was the Eric Hosmer signing a good example of Preller taking a risk? Yeah, I think it was a signing of overpaying. I think Ron Fowler had a lot to do with that signing. Um, I don't, I don't know if Peter Scyther really wanted Eric Hosmer. I don't know if AJ Preller really wanted Eric Hosmer or Ron Fowler was like, well, we're expressing interest in him, and we need a face of the franchise. Will Myers doesn't want to be that, so we got to sign this guy. Uh, yeah, that was a risk, and it, they failed. That was That's the worst contract in Padres history, one of the worst contracts in baseball history. Um, what are some terrible contracts in baseball history? I mean, Josh Hamilton with the Angels, I think of. Justin Upton with the Angels. Osmer, I think of Chris Davis with the Orioles. What other? I know Bobby Bonilla, he gets paid, you know, deferment still. I guess that was a bad contract. Cespedes with the Mets, is that a bad contract, it seems like? Um, yeah, those, those are the ones that stick out. Jacoby Ellsbury, that was terrible with the Yankees. 
those are the ones that uh, Pablo Sandoval, Red Sox. I guess I could go on and on, but those those are the ones that stick out to me. Those are all risks, right? Whenever you make a signing, it is a risk. Like every move is does have some risk to it. But I think the Padres they want to try to minimize that risk right now with some moves that they're thinking about making or moves that they will make. Like you got to minimize that, you know, trades like forcing a, a Kim trade. Like that's taking a big risk when they don't have to take that right now at this point in the calendar year. It's not like it's the trade deadline and they have to make a decision. And you, it's like, okay, we need starting pitching right now. They don't need starting pitching right now, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, Pedro says, what if the Angels want Ethan Salas? I guess that's another guy that might have... Might, yeah, I think the Angels would want Ethan Salas. Uh, but again, I, I don't see the Padres acquiring Juan Soto in a trade. Mills says, so you're telling me they paid 300 mil for Tatis to play shortstop. Well, it was 340. Um, right, 340? 300 mil for Tatis to play shortstop, but they're going to stick him in the outfield, but they paid Bogarts 280, and they won't put him at second. No, that's not. They will put Bogarts at another position at some point in this contract, but they've already said that Bogarts is going to play shortstop, at least to start the season. Bogarts was asked at the press conference, are you a short, like, what position are you going to be playing? And he's like, uh, shortstop? Kind of, he was like, hey, is this a serious question? Yeah, I'm playing shortstop. So, no, Tatis is not playing shortstop. Bogart, unless injuries happen. If everyone's healthy, I'm telling you right now, Tatis is not playing shortstop, at least consistently as the starting shortstop. He, he's going to be in the outfield. Uh, if trades happen, then we could maybe we could talk about that. But right now, he's not playing shortstop. And I don't see him playing second base. When you have Kim and Cronenworth on the roster, they're putting him in the outfield. Um, yes, they will move Bogarts. Well, if it's at third base, if Manny leaves, obviously I hope he doesn't. If it's at second base, I don't know. First base, I don't know. They will, they'll move him at some point. Like People don't think that he's going to play short the entire contract, but... He's going to play shortstop to start the year. That's what we've been told. And I, I don't have another reason to believe that he won't play shortstop to start the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the Padres, they're trying to... I get the point, Mills. Yes, they will move Bogarts at some point. And so you're telling me they paid Tatis all this money to, to play shortstop, but they're going to stick him in the outfield, but they paid Bogarts 280, won't put him at second. I'm I'm saying they're going to put Tatis in the outfield. They're putting Bogarts at short. They're going to they're willing to move Bogarts to another position. Preller, Seidler, the Padres, the front office, they're trying to acquire the best uh, players available, right? And then they'll find out the positions later. So yeah, plans change. They paid Tatis to play shortstop, but then the Red Sox lowballed. Uh, Xander Bogarts. And so this happened. Trey Turner rejected the Padres' offer. This, again, this is years down the road from the extension. So yeah, they signed the extension and they were like, yeah, Tatis is the shortstop. But then free agency has happened. Different things have happened. Other teams didn't bring back players that we thought they were going to bring back. And that put the Padres into the conversation. Oh, and don't forget Tatis' injuries. Uh, He's not really 
in the spot right now to dictate where he's going to play, right? The suspension, lying about the motorcycle accidents, oh, not that big of a deal. And then he has the wrist surgery, first day of spring training. He announces that. Um, which accident, you know, all of this. Like, he doesn't really get to decide where he's getting to play. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's playing the outfield. And I think he can excel at it. I think Jazz Chisholm can, him and Tatis, I think they can be really good in the outfield. I know Chisholm's a Marlin, but I'm just saying. Both guys who were infielders who now can, transi- can now transition to the outfield uh, seems like permanently, at least for 2023. I think that they, if they worked at it, I mean, they're athletic as anyone. They, they can definitely make it work. Um, Devin says, I feel like the Blue Jays, Cubs, and Mets are also legit contenders to land Otani, along with the Dodgers and the Padres. Blue Jays, I don't know. Uh, Cubs, I mean, they have money. We know that. The Mets, we know they have money, right? They're willing to give Carlos Correa $315 million. And now they have $315 million to spend somewhere else, including on Otani or Manny or Soto in a couple years. So, yeah, the Mets, they're going to be involved. Uh, Dodgers, Padres, they're going to be involved as well. Pedro says, I say let Machado walk if he opts out. I mean, no. If he opts out, he's just doing what's right for him. And personally, that doesn't mean, like, if he opts out, that doesn't mean, oh, I don't want to be with the Padres because I opted out of this five-year 150 contract when Bogarts is getting paid till he's 40. No, he just wants what's fair to him, right? If we were in this position and we're coming off an MVP caliber season, we just saw someone who's worse than us go get $280 million from the team we play on, we're going to be like, hey, I think we... Can we structure this contract? I think I deserve more money here. I think you should pay me till I'm 40 or more than that, right? All I've done for the organization, uh, how I'm the best player on the team, like at least right now. Uh, yeah, I think I deserve to have this contract restructured. So it's not, I don't think the Padres should take it personally. And I don't think the Padres, I disagree. I don't think the Padres should let Machado walk. He is number one priority. Otani, Soto, Manny, who are the priorities there? Manny's number one. I would say Soto is number two, but if he can't extend him, then they'll probably dabble in the Otani waters. Uh, but I, I would still, I want Manny and Soto back on this team long term. Yeah, Mike. Fernando, I believe, has already won a gold glove. Has he? Fernando, was it it was 2020, huh? Fernando Tatis Jr. Let me let me double check this. No, not a gold glove. Uh, I see in the chat someone said gold glove. Silver slugger. Yeah, Pedro, no. Um I don't think he's no. I remember because earlier this offseason on his Instagram, he had a picture of him in the Padres clubhouse with the silver slugger. He does not have a gold glove. Uh, He has two-time All-MLB first-team honors, 2020-2021, home run leader in 2021, two-time silver slugger in 2020 and 2021. 
That's according to Wikipedia. I mean, that could be wrong. So let me double check on the baseball reference page. Yeah, nope. Says he has two silver sluggers. Two? 2020-2021? I think that's correct. No gold gloves. But he can win one in the outfield, I think. If you put him in right field, who who? What's his competition? I mean, Mookie, uh, Soto's in left, and he's a nominee. Who even? I don't. I don't even remember who won it this year. But I think he could win a Gold Glove, multiple in the outfield. If he puts his mind to it, he could, he could do it. Yeah, I agree. JFA five two five two. Never doubt AJ Preller. Uh, Alex says Tanner Houck is taking over Matt Barnes' spot. I was talking about earlier about maybe the Padres getting Matt Barnes because he got DFA'd. Uh, I don't know about that, to be honest, because the Matt Barnes DFA was to make room, I believe, for Adam Duvall, who's a position player. So maybe like in the bullpen, Houck, okay, he takes Barnes' spot, but he was already in the bullpen. He was already slated, I believe, to be in the bullpen with Matt Barnes. Uh, before this transaction happened. So I wouldn't read too much into that. I just don't think the Padres should tr- will trade Ha Sung Kim for Tanner Houck straight up. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Nicholas, could Morhone be the 2023 version of Nick Martinez? I, I think. I mean, I see Seth Lugo being that more, like starting the season as a starter, then going to the bullpen, can pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen can be huge in the postseason out of the bullpen. I see Lugo fitting that more than Morahone. But Morahone, if he stays healthy, I mean, if they start with the six-man, he starts in the rotation maybe, multiple innings, uh, can fill that role, be a bullpen, swingman type guy. Yeah, so um, I would say Lugo over Morahone for that, for the Nick Martinez role. But Morahone could do that. Yeah, I definitely see that he, I, I could see him doing that. Um, Devin asks, how do, Ben, how do you like how voting is handled in the Hall of Fame? I am not someone that is a fan of the PED guys, but I do understand that it's a tough job for these writers to determine if someone you know, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, like, did they cheat or not? Uh, should they be in the Hall of Fame because it wasn't banned at the time? Like, you know, it, it's 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 just, I wish Major League Baseball would set stand. Like, I was listening to Ben and Woods earlier this morning, and Ben uh, Higgins made a good point. He, he wishes that Major League Baseball would tell the writers, like, tell me what, like, who should be deserving of the Hall of Fame or not, like, if that makes sense. Like, is should Barry Bonds be on the ballot? Like, if he's on the ballot, well, there's going to be some people that are going to think, Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Like, how is Barry Bonds not a Hall of Famer? I don't think he is. Like, I think he's a Hall of Fame talent. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best hitters of all time. But because of what he did, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Alex Rodriguez is a Hall of Famer. Yes, he's one of the greatest talents of all time. But I don't, I'm someone that doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer based on what he did. But don't put him on the ballot then, right? Tell the voters if these guys 
Like, tell them the rules. Like, okay, if someone was suspended for it, okay, they're not allowed to be a Hall of Famer. We're not putting them on the ballot. Okay, then tell the writers that. And then I think this will make this process a lot easier, and we won't have these arguments every single year. Uh, that I guess maybe that answers your question. I guess that. Uh, as for yesterday with the Hall of Fame, Scott Rowland got in. Congrats to him. What I got from that is Manny, he'll get in at some point. Uh, Arenado will get in, obviously, because they love the gold gloves with Scott Rowland. And Arenado, I think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer, too. I'm not saying that he sucks. I, I just think sometimes he's overrated, that's all. I think Manny's a better third baseman than him. Um, and that's been pointed out, not just by Padre fans, but by Major League Baseball, MLB Network, and the shredder that only looks at the numbers, right? It was determined this year that Manny's a better third baseman than Nolan Arenado uh, by, well, not, I don't want to say by a lot, but Arenado was ranked fifth. Manny was ranked first. Um, with the Hall of Fame yesterday, what else do I want to say about that? Andrew Jones, I think Andrew Jones, I would have put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, I think Willie Mays, who else? Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr., and someone else. It was he was one of four alongside those guys to have like 400 home runs or not 400 I forget what it was was it 10 I forget what the stat was so I'm not even going to attempt to say what the stat was um, Woodsy was saying it on Ben and Woods earlier this morning I forget what the stat was but there was a stat where Griffey Mays and there was one other guy that had only done this they were the only people to do players to do this ever and they got in first ballot so why is andrew jones not in i'm not saying he has to be in being in on the first ballot but if those guys got in why is andrew jones not in you know you think of the 90s and the 2000s i mean i wasn't alive but you ask my parents or people that were alive you think of that and you think of the braves and all that like andrew jones comes up there you know i think he's a hall of famer todd helton I'd probably lean towards him being a Hall of Famer as well. Um, those are probably the guys. Jeff Kent, he's another one I probably would have voted for if I had a vote. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. Um, all right. So, uh, Devin says, Ken Griffey Jr. did not get a first ballot, but Rivera got first ballot. No, Griffey got in first ballot. Didn't he get the most votes, like, ever? Griffey, first ballot. Let me see. He got, yeah, 2016, he got 99.3% of the vote. That's not someone who got in on a, on a ballot that wasn't the first ballot. He got in on the first ballot. Yeah. All right. We hit on a lot of subjects here, almost an hour and a half. Talking Friars episode 325. Be well, everybody. Treat people kindly with respect. That's, that's all I'm going to end it with. Thank you so much. Go Padres. Thank you for watching and listening. See ya.